two, three. Welcome to Shane's Life as a Fantasy Draft episode 21. We can finally drink. On today's show, we ask just how many steps are there in the process? Is it possible for ice hockey playoffs to be fire? And if you look up the opposite of self-aware in the dictionary, do you get a picture of this recently laid off ESPN employee? Stick with me after the music to get some knowledge dropped on you. Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft is filmed before a live studio audience. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. My name is Daniel Gewurz. With me today and as always are the Method Man and Red Man. It's my old dirty bastard, John Gorman and Greg Dennis. John Gorman, how are you doing tonight? Uh, ODB couldn't be here, but he sends his regards. Greg Dennis, how are you doing tonight? Method Man's my favorite rapper. My second what? favorite rapper. Yes. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I said it. Method Man is my favorite rapper. Ever? Ever. He's not even my favorite like Wu-Tang member. Oh, yeah. Well. I, I just made him third in the Wu. Yeah. Well, Red Man was not in the Wu. He is now. He's a, he's a, he's my, a, no, he is. He yeah. is an official member of the Wu-Tang. Yeah. He is? Yeah, yeah you need so. to diversify your bonds. <laughs> That's news to me. Is Capadonna now, too? Cab driver. No, he's driving a cab. <laughs> Mr. Bigelow, the cab driver. No, Method Man is my favorite rapper. His voice, okay. you can't okay. mistake his voice. His flow True. is just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's buttery. It's buttery. It's good. He's got a good flow. It's he's like got someone lavered up a loofah with some flow and just rubbed it all over my body. A little much. Yeah, okay. So, who's the mayor of Toronto? Who's the mayor of Toronto? Not not Rob Ford anymore. No, no, it's certainly not. It's, certainly it's LeBron not Ford. Ford. It's LeBron Ford James. Three straight years beating the Raptors, back to back sweeps of the Raptors. This year, the Raptors were the number one seed in the East. Does not matter. LeBron says that's mood. John, what the hell happened to Toronto? So, I think there's a I think there's a secret pact between good friends Drake and LeBron James, where Drake says, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I want the I want to make money. I'm part owner of the Toronto Raptors, but should we ever happen to you know meet in the playoffs, do you solid? Tell him to take a dive in the fifth round." I mean, Drake is actually Drake's actually employed. I don't know. Is he a part owner of the Raptors? I know he's employed as the like goodwill international goodwill ambassador. Uh, I do believe. Drake. I know that's why he got he got a fine for tampering when he shouted out Kevin Durant at a concert. Uh, Drake was it Durant. It was somebody. Yeah. Somebody. Uh, no, a global ambassador. Yeah, he's not the owner. Well, I guess he's ambassador. I guess out. his act of diplomacy is uh, letting LeBron walk all over his team uh, right in the heart of Jurassic <laughs> Park there. Man, those those Cavaliers committed an international incident with how they destroyed Toronto. They did. Operation Canadian Bacon. 
That is like the third consecutive week you've made that joke. It doesn't get any better every time. Or worse. It's just equally bad every episode. That's that's actually an excellent... Uh, that's, that's our iTunes description, actually. <laughs> Somebody needs to go on Amazon and review us. Canadian Bacon was John Candy's last or last movie. He may he died during the filming of Canadian Bacon. That's correct. That's why they added that ending where he went over Niagara Falls. It's not a bad it's movie. Not. No, it's not. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough for comedies to hold up. Like I'll be honest, I haven't seen Canadian Bacon. I don't think I've seen it in this millennium. It's so. still it still works. Um, yeah. It was pieced arguably to, Michael. It was pieced together better than uh, the last last heroes or whatever it is with Matthew Perry and Chris Farley. Because oh, Chris Farley oh died gosh. during the making of that, and it was pieced together much better right. than that. I think as far as com- okay. comedies go. Just just putting that out okay. there. I agree with that. If you're going to compare also, two movies like that, I think that those are two good ones to compare. It is sure, sad. That, that it is sense. sadly still relevant in 2018. Canadian bacon. Yeah, it's it's. it's by yeah. the way, Michael Moore, writer and director. Is that is that so? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know about Canadian bacon. Michael Moore before he just had a complete meltdown. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this was like after Roger and Me, but before Bowling for Columbine. Yeah. Oh yeah, long before Bowling for Columbine. Uh, not that long. Canadian Bacon is 1995. Yeah, Bowling for Columbine's Bowling what? 2000? Col- 2000, yeah, 2000, 2001. That's a, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good chunk of time. It's six between. years. Yeah, a lot can change six in years. six years, Daniel. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, a lot did change in six years. <laughs> you could you could go from being in sixth grade to graduating high school. I did exactly. No, it took me seven. That that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot happening in six years. I guess that's a good point. Okay. But also, I, I, I mean, I guess it depends. It depends on your on your perspective, right? Because from where I am right now as a thirty year old person, uh, six years isn't that long. Six years you know? ago, I was going to be like, six years ago, we all lived in the same city. That's not even we, true. We did not. That's yeah, not exactly. True. No, exactly. Not right. <laughs> so six years ago, I had hair. This, Actually, I, I did not. I still have hair. I did not. I still have. Yeah, I still have no. a luscious head of hair. Thank you. Thank so whatever I, I, gods are above. I went from being Andre Agassi um, in 1995 to being oh, Andre God. Agassi in 2002. Was Andre Agassi really just on crystal meth that whole time? Because that's what he, he said to sell his said, biography, right? I don't think he was on it for that long. Is that why Brooke Shields divorced well, he, him? Because he was on Crystal? I mean, that's, that's not... I mean, I, I don't know that that's a... Uh, I'm going to say yes. A, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I would divorce wow, somebody if they started doing Crystal Meth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that's why Brooke Shields True. ultimately divorced Andre Agassi is due to his Crystal Meth addiction. I think they. I think it started as both of them doing cocaine, and then he was like, "You know what? <laughs> I need something a little harder that's going to keep me up for longer." Yeah. Oh God! I don't feel like sleeping this weekend. Oh, speaking of not sleeping this weekend. Uh oh. Okay. Brad, okay. Uh, <laughs> Talk to Brad me, Stevens, Daniel. Brad Stevens is giving. Brad Stevens is giving the Philadelphia 76ers nightmares after routing the Miami Heat. Uh, the process just stops in its tracks. 
what happened? What happened? To the Brad Philadelphia 76ers. This this is okay, so I'm gonna crib somebody else's material here for a second. Bomani Jones uh, earlier today on his radio show said People talk about Ben Simmons being ambidextrous like it's a good thing. No, he's equally sorry from both his left and his right. Mm. And it's true. Like, if you, if you guard Ben Simmons by making him shoot, mm-hmm. he's not as effective as when you allow him the space to pass or the ability to drive to the bucket. Like, that's the only... That's the only way Ben Simmons is going to be useful on that team. And what happens is when you make Ben Simmons shoot shots, Joel Embiid doesn't touch the ball nearly as often as he should on the offense. Well, do you know who the other player is, though, on that team that also makes their money by driving to the hoop every time? Is Embiid. They're they're two star players. Their two star players score two points at a time. And, yeah, and, and, and Al Horford is killing it on mm, the defensive end. Yeah. Like Al Horford, and, and, and he's run, and Embiid has run into this earlier in the year with, like, he doesn't play well against Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, Dirtiest player in the yeah, NBA, Al, according to Daniel right. DeVert. Dirtiest player in the game. And the, and the Celtics, you know, had similar success against the Sixers in the regular season. They beat them in the season series three to one. So. Brad Stevens knows how to create the matchup nightmares. He's got players who can match up well, and he knows how to strategically defend them. Is, so, is ask, it a Brad... I'm sorry. I know you're moderating this show, Daniel, but I'm asking questions, <laughs> damn it. Is it Stevens' genius or those like second-tier players stepping up and playing like top-tier players? Kind of like Boogie Cousins went out, so AD's going to come and just close down well AD was always a top tier player yeah but when Boogie Cousins was removed from the situation he had to step up that much more is is that what's happening and the guys and the guys in New Orleans who stepped up were Nico Meritich and Drew Holiday and and, and Drew Holiday are we saying that this is what's going on in Boston right now or is it Brad Stevens well here's the thing with Brad Stevens he keeps taking borderline good point guards and making them amazing, right? He did that with Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. and he did that for the start of this year with Kyrie Irving, who is also who is very good. He made him right. even better. And Terry Rozier, a career 35% shooter, is all of a sudden the best point guard in the NBA. Right. So Brad Stevens is sort of like, uh, you know, I, I, I want to say a modern-day Mike D'Antoni, but Mike D'Antoni's still around. You know, Mike D'Antoni <laughs> would take He's in the playoffs an too. average point guard and make him great. And then, you know, now he has a great point guard, two great point guards, and he's making them all of fame level. Right. And Philly also, like, when they win, they win by running up and down the floor. And Mm -hmm. the Celtics like to grind the game to a halt. And Philly doesn't play as well when they're not given the freedom to just, like, run and gun. That's true. And and one of the things that I, uh, you know, we said at the start of these playoffs, um... And, and that everyone says is young teams got to lose in the NBA playoffs before they can do some winning. True. So I, this isn't the last that we're hearing of Philadelphia, but I, I got to wonder, and, and it brings up another question. There's a lot of people, including guys like Stephen A. Smith, and I know that you don't put a lot of stock into what Stephen A. Smith, he's just talking to get a reaction. I love Stephen, I love Stephen A. Smith. I think he's the best at radio, but I a agree. lot of what yeah. he oh, says is awesome just out there to get a reaction. He's the best 
he is the best at giving a a concise opinion. Nobody gives a better conci- concise opinion than Stephen A. Smith. Someone will ask him a question. And I love. I, I why am I hyping up somebody else so much on on a sports show that I'm on? But I'm one, of, yeah. one but of the highest paid. Someone people, someone like will ask him a question, and he'll answer that question. If somebody starts, you know, bird walking around that question, he calls him out. He's like, no, 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 answer the question that was given. And I love that. I love somebody just yes. answering a question directly. Absolutely. So speaking of a direct question, Stephen A. Smith and other people are calling for Brett Brown's job. And no. first of all, I don't think that's fair. Like, I don't think it's fair to make this guy who had to sit through a near, damn near half decade of losing on purpose, give him one season where they're trying to win and say he isn't winning enough. So you're fired. Like, that's awful. You know who I think does they need to be fired? Plenty. They won. They won 50 games this year. Nobody expected that. No, it's, it's the first time in, in half a decade that they were trying to win, and I think they did a really good job. And just because they're losing in this round of the playoffs very badly, I don't think that should cost Brett Brown his job. I don't, I don't either. No, but... He's done a fine job coaching. The GM, <coughs> the GM for drafting Fultz, number one, needs to go. Oh, my god! Oh, yeah. Because that was oh, a Calandre- huge Calandre- mistake. needs to get gone. That was a... Ma- Calandre- I mean, and, and I love the fact that right now this series is proving... That they made a yep. huge mistake with Markel Fultz mm-hmm. overall number one. And it, not only that, they traded up with the Celtics mm-hmm. to get Markel Fultz because they the traded. Celtics lied and said they were interested in him. And <laughs> then so they they traded up from three to one. They lost a pick. It wasn't, I mean, not their pick. It was one of the 25 others that they traded for. And then so. gave the Celtics a pick and... The Celtics were like, ha-ha, surprise, we have Jason Tatum. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I don't want to, like, go into the hot take territory here or the hot take time machine, but I want to say that Jason Tatum has outplayed Markel Fultz this year. Oh, Easily absolutely. For, year, for, for sure. I, it's a I mean, Wait, Markel, Markel Fultz, Fultz played this year? Off, Markel Fultz can't get off the bench. Um, man, but... I think I think Colangelo has done just a a god awful job. He he and was bad with the Raptors. Yeah, he's never he's never been. He know. he needs to Man, go. He, he needs together, to go right he's, away. He's good at putting together. He's good at putting together Team USA when he can literally choose from all of the talent. And he's only he's only good at that. Remember, his father is Jerry Colangelo. Oh right, who was I the mastermind too, behind confused. like the Phoenix Suns years. Like oh, I thought his really dad was Mike. Who's Mike Colangelo? <laughs> He's the Orange Ninja Turtle with nunchucks. How did you? How did you fall for that joke? My God! <laughs> you know what? After the show, we're gonna have a, a serving of of, of updock. Nice try, uh, Daniel. <laughs> it's too close. Too close. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the uh, Celtics and the uh, Cavaliers are going to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, but the Western Conference Final that we've been waiting for. A pair of gentlemen sweeps for the Rockets and Warriors. Who's going to win the Western Conference Finals? I got the Why? Warriors. I want my Warriors. heart says the Rockets. My my head says the Warriors. Really? Even though they're not the number one seed. Right, even, yeah, that doesn't, I mean, how many times did San Antonio make it out of the West as a three seed? 
Who knows who did Tampa? I don't know, but again, I think there might be some statistics out there in the internet to help us. Yeah. Um, No, I think, like, the Rockets played out of their mind this year. They have Chris Paul and James Harden. Um, I think... I think where the Warriors are going to win is on the defensive end, right? Steve Kerr, you know, coaches like late-era Greg Popovich. That should be no surprise to anyone. Um, He was both a player and an assistant coach under him, Um, which means he can play at any speed against any team, against any level of talent, and beat them at their own game. And I think the Rockets have to play their game in order to win, and they have to play their game better than the Warriors play the Rockets game. Until, I'm sorry, I thought that sentence was over. No, that's fine. It, it should have been. Until this year, the 2017-2018 season, Yeah. the last time the San Antonio Spurs finished in not first or second in the West, Yeah. 1996-97. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they were first or second in the West. Okay. Every year. Okay. <laughs> also, that also, is, that from 96-97, they finished first or second in the West. Oh, God. No, I mean, this is nuts. Yeah, no, they're really good. The San Antonio Spurs are really good. Yeah. My goodness. I had no... I mean, I knew they were good for a long time. I didn't realize they were get that good for that long. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Warriors is the two seed. Rockets is the one seed. So the Warriors know. have their full complement of weapons. I think they get it done. I Did you know I heard a crazy statistic after uh, Utah won, was it game two of the series? Yeah. Uh, James Harden this year, the Rockets have not lost back-to-back games in which James Harden has played. <laughs> James Harden has not lost back-to-back games this year. That's crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think in order for the Warriors to win a series against the Rockets, they will have to do that. <laughs> Something well, that has not happened yet yet this year. To be fair, the Rockets and Warriors have not played back-to-back games this year. <laughs> have they? That, that's very astute of you, John. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, gosh. No, that's an excellent point. But I just, I mean, my goodness. This Rockets team is so good. It's awesome, and they're so fun. Good. And they're so much fun to watch. I, you know, people, a lot of people don't like the way that James Harden plays, and I, and I don't understand it, right? Like, what is not to like about driving the lane and either getting a layup or dunk or kicking out for a wide-open three? Like, that, to me, is, that's like the evolved form of basketball. Like, that's what you what I want basketball to be. Right. You I clear love out the, yeah. Yeah, I love clear out the lane, high screen and roll, get either get to the basket, you know, dish to the 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 big man diving or hit an open three. Like that to me, that's great. That's awesome basketball. I agree. I don't I, I think people don't like the fact that like he'll run into a sea of people and try and get a call. Sort of just throw his hands up. Right. Like he, it's like if Manu Ginobili touched the ball every possession. Like, I think, you know, that would get a little irksome to some people. But James Harden is doing that not only more often than Manu, but better than Manu. Yeah. And he's, oh, man, and he's just, man, 
he's just great to watch. And if he's not doing it, Chris Paul is. Mm-hmm. No, it's been it's been a pleasure to watch uh, this team's season. Also, Clint Capella underrated. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't. Yeah, the, the the three the three of them together, Capella, uh, Harden, and Paul. I, I think they're the best three man group in the league. I agree with that. I mean, you know, uh, I guess you could say LeBron James and any two guys. No, well, or, or like, or you know, Draymond. I was going to say Draymond, 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 KD, and Curry. Kevin, Dur- like they're going up yeah, against Steph, that, and you Steph could even KD. make the argument yeah. that I've, the Warriors have four, not three. Right, that's true. The Warriors do have four, not three, but I think if you're going like three best players on any team, I think the Rockets are one, the Warriors are two. I don't think that's I don't think that's much of a stretch to say. I think whoever wins game one is going to win the series. I, I, I think that's ultimately going to tell you. That's that is going to be the telling part of this series. If you if 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 the Warriors can go on the road and win game one, I think that means they seal it up. I think if the Rockets go and they and they win game one, I think it's that they're establishing that dominance over the Rockets. Can I go on a brief tangent? Yes. Um, no. On, on Look, playoffs in this general. This is not your trigonometry homework, John Gorman. <laughs> By the way, you were right. The Rockets and Warriors did not play back-to-back games this year. Yeah, I didn't, th- I didn't think that was really, you know. It happens. Back-to-back yeah. games happen. Yeah, home-and-homes happen when people are closer to each other instead of the you know, easternmost Western Conference team and the westernmost Western Conference team. Although the uh, Houston Rockets did win the season series 2-1. to one. But, I mean, okay. I you know, Golden State was going through all kinds of injuries all year. Right. Anyway, your, your cosign. Yes. Um, <laughs> very nicely done. So I want to talk about, very briefly, the words we use when we describe playoffs and how they're only used when we describe playoffs. I want to talk about the words. I want to talk, talk about the words pivotal, commanding, and dis. Um, don't say destiny. Oh, God. And, don't yeah, say no. destiny. Pivotal command. No, stave. As in pivotal game five, commanding three to one lead, and stave off elimination. Have you ever heard anyone refer to game five, a three one series lead, or a closeout game in the playoffs? used any uh, like outside of those three areas have you ever heard those words used any other way or have you ever heard those things discussed without those three words i see what you're saying i don't know i know that um pitchers in baseball will sometimes have commanding stuff Right, which is to say they're they're very good pitchers. It means it like means their balls. It means their balls can ball. move. Yeah, it means their balls can move. But in a good way. Nobody, yeah, no, nobody staves off anything. Speaking of no, speaking of staved off anything. Playoffs. Speaking of commanding balls, shout out to Molina, uh, whose surgery Ooh. was very successful. Ooh. Very like, successful who? surgery. They saved both of his testicles. Yadi. Yadi Molina, my God. Oh, good. Took a 102-mile-an-hour pitch, foul tipped off the bat right to his region, and uh, he's going to be okay. 
it's gonna be okay. They don't, uh, you know, they they tell you to wear an athletic supporter, but that ain't that ain't gonna you know, help you in that situation. It ain't gonna, yeah, no. Those not those things are those things are not, yeah, no, those things gonna, are not no. tested against hundred mile an hour fastball. No. You need the chastity belt for men in tights. You do. Call a locksmith. <laughs> any anywho, Dude, stave <laughs> stave off. I feel like we stave yeah, no, off things. What do you like stave what? off? What was the last thing you staved off? STD. <laughs> no, you prevent an STD. You stave that yeah, bad you boy you off. Stave off. You don't stave off chlamydia. Sure you do. <laughs> if we well, could, I'd be a better world. Well, you've never had it, Daniel. You've done a pretty good job staving it off. <laughs> you're I'd right. You're say. right. I've been, I've been I've been staving off yeah, chlamydia my whole life. There you life. go. Perfect. <laughs> And nothing, nothing I've ever done is pivotal. Use use commanding lead in a sentence outside of the playoffs. <laughs> no, you you hardly ever use commanding lead. Without unless you're talking about a series, a commanding series lead. Yeah. And that's that's an excellent point, John. You're correct. One Thank point. You. Um. <laughs> Mel Gibson had Moving a commanding lead and Mad Max. He was a commanding lead. Was a commanding lead. Oh, fair enough. I don't think he held a commanding lead. He, he, I thought he, he, did, I didn't, I didn't he see did. the Mel Gibson Mad Max movie, but did he win? He definitely <laughs> I mean, staved yeah, off elimination, that's for sure. Yes, he did stave off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All Mel right. Gibson, you uh, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Wrestling, sports, movies, and more. The Geeks Unlimited squad is always mic'd up and speaking on the world of nerd. Geeks Unlimited keeps your ears lit with the announcer's table, professional wrestling's hottest podcast that you haven't listened to. Hosted by B-Rye and our very own Canadian screw-up, Daniel Gavert. Hey, that's me. The homie Steve is talking flicks with the aptly titled podcast, Talking Flicks. And of course, this impressive pod, Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Check them out on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. Subscribe and share, listen, and learn. Don't forget to slide into those DMs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Geeks Unlimited, taking over the world, one podcast at a time. Oh, gosh. Speaking of things that don't make any sense, the NHL playoffs, have they been more entertaining than the NBA playoffs? Yes. Again? Oh, my God, yes. Yes. Talk, yes. To me, talk, to me about, talk to me about everything I should love about this year's NHL playoffs. Um, First of all, the Nashville Winnipeg series. Let's let's start off in the West Nashville. of of wait, the wait last. A second, wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. Wait a second. Wait okay. a second. Go wait ahead. a second. I'm asking for. I think it's pretty well documented at this point that I don't watch a lot of hockey. Yeah. And so I'm asking you guys for what should I like about hockey, and you're telling me Nashville and Winnipeg. Yes. Well, Winnipeg, absolutely. These Shout are, out to Manitoba. These are cities I should care about. <laughs> Winnipeg. I'm not, not saying even, you should care about the cities. Not, is Winnipeg even the biggest city in Manitoba? I couldn't yes. name another city in Manitoba. There are. I'm not sure there are other cities in Manitoba. I'm sure they have like a crazy name, like Farmer's Knee, Manitoba, or something like that. <laughs> Let's look up Manitoba City. Listen, I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, I'm on of it. the four remain of of the four what <laughs> were remaining Manitoba. Teams. Oh my God! Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. Manitoba has ten cities, including. Flin Flon. There you go. I'm into it. Flin Flon. I'm in it. 
and Winkler and anyway, Portage anyway, de la Prairie. Tell me, tell, me, tell me more about. Tell me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to cut you off there, but there was a city <laughs> named Flinflon. No, please, please talk more about Manitoba. <laughs> I mean, it, if we're being honest. Yes. Like, it is the Jacksonville of Manitoba. Uh, I, according to the 2016. <laughs> Go ahead. According to the 2016 Canadian census. Uh, Flin Flon, Manitoba, Canada, has a population of 5,185 people. That is less than uh, my high school. Um, <laughs> it is located on a correction line. Uh-oh, uh-oh, here's, uh, here's uh, 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 some, some scandal here. It's located on a correction line on the boundary of Manitoba and Saskatchewan. Ooh. It used to be in Saskatchewan. Whoa. The majority... Of the Saskatchewan city. was like, you can have it. We don't need this Flin Flom. You can keep Residents it. of Flin Flon travel south into Saskatchewan and north into Manitoba, even though those are east and west of each other, not north and south. Interesting. Wow. Mayor Shout out of, to Manitoba. Ma- Mayor of Flin Flon is uh, Cal Huntley. Of course it is. <laughs> what color is he? <laughs> He doesn't even have a Wikipedia link. Well, no, why would he? 5,000 people? <laughs> no. You can find Get any 5,000-person city in the U.S., and that mayor probably doesn't have a, bi- a Wikipedia I, bio. I know, the, I, I know the mayor of Westlake, Texas. He definitely does not have a Wikipedia page. Really? Why would he? Yeah. I feel like... His, cons- like his constituents aren't like, oh, wow, this guy's doing a great job governing these 5,000 people. I should go ahead and give him a Wikipedia entry, eh? Yeah, Daniel, did the principal of your high school have a Wikipedia page? Probably. No. No, he did not. How first, dare first, I want to know. First, I want to know how many uh, people live in Westlake, Texas. I had look up uh, the principal of my high school. The the superintendent. My high school for sure has a Wikipedia page. The superintendent of my of my of the school district where my high school is in. When I was going there, his name, Doctor Wachter. <laughs> yeah. No. Doctor Wachter. That was his name. Isn't that a PBS show? It sounds like a really bad Nickelodeon show. Yeah, it really it does. does. Uh, the popular. Oh, you know what? No, Doctor Wachter sounds John, like the, the place, like the girl that falls off the big comfy couch would go see. Oh, I fell off the big comfy couch <laughs> and hurt my ankle. I gotta go see Doctor Wachter. <laughs> the population of Westlake, Texas, is nine hundred ninety-two people. Oh, all right. Well, who's that's the mayor? Less, that's less than who's the mayor? My graduating Daniel? class, uh, Laura Wheat. Does she have oh, a Wikipedia it's a, oh, page? It's a new mayor. New mayor. Uh, no, but the doesn't. word mayor is linked in Wikipedia. Oh well, that's, that's something. Important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so get back. Can we get to back to these hockey playoffs yeah. real quick. <laughs> yeah, talk about talk about some hockey. So playoffs. Vegas we San Jose was fun. Vegas, like yeah. Vegas San Jose was a fun one. Vegas and like, San Jose are fun cities. Yeah, Vegas. Right. Vegas took it right to those sharks, though. Wait, San Jose is not a fun city. Is it not? No. San Jose, they did a, um, 538 once did a, uh, like a, a thing where you had to guess the 50 largest cities of the United States in like okay. a certain amount of time, like one of those quizzes. 
Sure. And the city that everyone missed the most was San Jose. San Jose is the ninth largest city in America. According to a recent men's fitness poll, San Jose is the least fun city in the United States. Told you. The least? I mean, that's fun. It's not fun. That's men's fitness. I've been in it. There's nothing there. They have a tech museum of innovation. Who goes to that? I, I don't know. Uh, the San Jose TripAdvisor page is telling me to check it out. <laughs> I don't know. If it's the ninth largest city, I can imagine a good amount of people go there. Yeah, no, they go. They they no, they go to San Francisco or Oakland. I and you Oakland, know I've by heard the way, I've heard of like Saint Francis, right? San Francisco. I've never heard of Saint Jose. I'm on it. It's Saint Who's Joe, Saint Jose? but it's Spanish. It's Saint Joseph in that's, Spanish. That's it. Would like that San Hose- Diego is. That'd be Josef. Right. Like how San Diego is Saint James. Named for yeah, named for Saint Joseph. Okay. Saint Joseph is a figure in the Gospels who was married to Mary Jesus' mother. I think well, we well, all know wait, who what? Joseph is. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. the same Joseph. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess That's I guess he could. Well, I guess he, he couldn't have sex with his wife, so I guess that would make the guy a saint. Am I right? They Ayo. probably had sex. Look, this guy yeah, stayed uh, with I this woman him. after she was like, "I don't know, man. I just became pregnant. All right, I don't know. I you got to be a saint to stay with movie, her." I saw the movie Dogma. Chris Rock told me that Jesus had a bunch of brothers and sisters. Yep, but who knows who those were coming from? It's Joseph and Mary. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was oh? What was Chris? Keep Rock telling yourself that, movie? Daniel. Hold on. Dogma quote. Hold on. Hold on. Tell me more about hockey so that I can. All right. So, listen. So listen. The reason. Okay. Go ahead, John. No, you go. You go. You're the hockey so, expert on this show. Go ahead. So the, the NHL playoffs are almost always going to be more fun than the NBA playoffs, absent of super teams, right? Because like. You have this parodies because, like, more players play. Like, you really need a good squad, 1 through 20, whereas in basketball you might have, like, an eight-man rotation, but the starting five play all the time, which means, like, the best player on the court has a disproportionate effect on the outcome of that game. So hockey's really, like, more of a team effort, and it's more of a flukish effort because players can't stay on the ice the entire time to develop, like, momentum. And because there's, like, fewer you know, scores or goals or whatever overall, like that means you're more apt for flukier outcomes in the NHL, which means longer series, more upsets, things like that. I said at the other, the other show, I think last show or the show before that, the different, the huge difference, the shot clock plays a huge role in a basketball game. Uh, Hockey doesn't have any sort of clock other than a period clock as a 20 minute clock three times throughout the period. That's it. There's no telling how long the offense can have it and how long the defense has to play defense. And that plays a huge role when you're talking about time of possession and and winning a game. If you're scoring a goal and you're commanding the game, you're going to win the game. Whereas in basketball, you have a finite amount of possessions where in hockey, you could have Mm -hmm. the puck, Technically, the whole time, if you want. If you were that good, you could have it the whole time. There's no, there's no back and forth. In baseball, there's a back and forth. In football, there's a back and forth. Basketball, there's a back and forth. Hockey's fluid. It's, it's ongoing. It never stops. 
And also, uh, you know, given the short amounts of time that players are conditioned to be on the ice, like no player wants to be on the ice more than like 45 seconds, right? Right. So if you have an offensive possession that's lasting 90 seconds, two minutes, two and a half minutes. Taxing. Those defenders are are like dying at the end of that. Right. Okay. That's pretty cool. And also, I mean, if you win, if it's a two to one game, you win by a 50% margin, right? When sure, basketball, sure, that's, that's like math. that's like beating a team eighty to forty. That's never going to happen in basketball. No. Yeah, you don't have a lot of basketball teams doubling up other basketball teams right. in the playoffs. No, not in the playoffs for sure. I mean, your margin your margin for victory is so much smaller in hockey. Um, and it's it's like I said, it's such a fluid game. There's it's not it's it's a game. Yes, of course, we talk about possessions, how long you held it in the other team zone whatever, but it's so fluid. I mean, they could spend half the game at center ice just going back and forth. Yeah, that sounds awful. It yeah, doesn't make for an exciting New- game. <laughs> that was the New Jersey Devils of the mid-90s. Yeah, that, was, that, that, sounds, yeah, that sounds... That, the, the team that killed hockey. <laughs> it's that 1-3-1 one, one zone. It's like, oh, God, yeah. please don't. And, and that, the that's, there's a reason why hockey said you can't do that anymore. Speaking of can't do it anymore... Can't call Ovi a choker anymore, can we? Caps no. finally get it done. Alex no, Ovechkin. No, 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 hold on. There's still a whole nother round to go. <laughs> we can absolutely still call him a choker. We can't call him one against the Penguins anymore, but we could still definitely call him one. Okay, so you think Ovechkin has to win the cup to uh, to 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 relieve himself of, of that title? He needs to get to a cup for sure has to get to the cup this year. He has to get to the cup, even though, even though Tampa Bay is widely considered the best, one of the best teams in the league this year. Tampa Bay is so good. Tampa Bay is so good. This is, I don't think the capitals can get past them, but I 100% think this is the year where Ovechkin has to get to the Stanley cup finals. We said that last year too. Biden. I think we, I feel like we've been saying it every year since he entered the league. Right, because he's clearly, like, if not the best player in the league, the second best player in the league. Which, which, mind you, is a year earlier than Sidney Crosby. And Sidney Crosby has three championships in that amount of time. Sydney I mean, it Crosby- is imperative for him to get to the, to get to the finals this year. He could have, like, a John Elway-type end of his career where he, like, wins two cups at the end. And then people will forget it won't, all. It about won't be with the Capitals, up. though. It and won't yeah, be with the Capitals, though. If he that does team like is not the the Ray Bork thing and and win it. Yeah, uh, yeah, he could do is, that. Is that okay? Is are we are we? Yeah, okay not on the that? Capitals, though. Nobody he, thought it was have, bad when Ray Bork did it. He would have to leave the Caps. He'd have to go to the Penguins. Uh, no, no. Good well, God. if he, that's the thing, if he goes to the Penguins, is he not? You know, Kevin Durant. Can't do it on my own. He could, no, he could go to like the me. Bruins. He could go to the Maple Leafs. The Maple Leafs would be a nice fit for him. I think you know, just just really hitting their stride as a team. I think that's a good team. From I don't think he's going to do it with the Capitals. I don't think that team is built to be. I mean, they were having goaltender issues up until the series. Yeah, you know, like oh, we're going with, we're going with Holby. That's it. We're going to go with Holby or, or last last series, I should say. So, it, it, this team isn't built for the long term i don't think i i think this is the year to do it if you don't do it this year i think it's time for ov to uh get traded trade him to vegas 
Shout out Vegas. Okay. Golden Knights have never been golder. Never been golder. <laughs> I hear, I heard that uh, the Golden Knights are selling out practices. Yes. Like that, like going to a Golden Knights practice is a big time event in Las Vegas. That's really cool. That's so cool for Las Vegas as a city. I am, I am all on board with them being just a ridiculous mecca of sports. Like I want them to Me have too. a team in every sport. I want, I want, you know, the Vegas aces in, in baseball. Give me the, uh, the Sin City Saints in basketball. That's a TV show. Uh, good. Uh, give me the, the Raiders, <laughs> in, yeah. the Raiders only, in football. Only we could get a football team there. Oh wait, that's actually happening. I'm. I'm you know what they should call oh, their football team? The Raiders. Craps. No. Did you say the craps? No, that's craps. Terrible. That's bad. No. Well, if the Raiders go there, that's what you're getting. I award you no points. I would love if they were called the Rollers. That. That is terrible. That is what their roller derby team should be named. Absolutely. Yeah, the high rollers. <laughs> anyway, finding a way to move on from that. Jason Witten is going straight from the field to the boot. Do we care? And as a corollary, as a follow-up to that, with the ability to follow a game on Twitter... Are we in an age where we even need play-by-play and color guys in the booth anymore? I think if play-by-play and color guys... I think that helps diversity. You guys were both talking <laughs> what, at we, the same time, and it we, sounds like that, that was that to was, tackle a, that was a slow heavier burn. topic. That was a slow burn. Uh, I ahead, think it's time ahead. that the NFL launches an investigation into the Dallas Cowboys. And is Jerry Jones, in fact, host, paying somebody to come in and teach his players how to do play-by-play commentary? Well, so I think that are, so that, that's already a thing. Like, the NFL has a program for current players. Mm-hmm. To, they have, like, a broadcast school for players who want to go into broadcasting. And I think the uh, reason why we see a lot of Dallas Cowboys is because you see a lot of Dallas Cowboys on national television. So we all kind of already know, like, we can all name a bunch of Cowboys, even if that's not our team, even if we don't play the Cowboys every year. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, like, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I know a lot of current Dallas Cowboys. And right. knowing their name, knowing the person's name is already, like, half the branding battle. Uh, we have someone on this show who works in branding, and I bet that I'm, I'm pretty spot on when I say that. Yes, you're correct. I I didn't I didn't play for the Cowboys. <laughs> I, 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 I would never play for the Cowboys. I said Jerry Jones called me up on the phone one time. Jerry Jones called me, and he said, hey, Joe Theismann, do you want to <laughs> play for the Cowboys? And I said, Jerry Jones, Joe Theismann will never play for the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones wasn't the owner of the Cowboys when Theismann went into broadcasting. <laughs> when he went into broadcasting, let alone when he was playing. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, Jerry Jones. I refuse. I refuse. Anyway, I, would you not prefer, because I know I would, would you not prefer a, a sporting event with, instead of a play-by-play guy, you just have, you know, the PA announcer just telling you what what happened and you know announcing a substitution 
and just well-paid stats guys giving you interesting stats as they occur. I w- so like here's, just, just here's, crawling like as sort of like as the ESPN crawl across the bottom of your screen. Here's where I land on that. I think good play-by-play and color analysis enhances the viewing experience exponentially. Okay. Like, um, and there, you can think of a few names of people who do their jobs so well that, like, when you when you watch it, I mean, come on, Gus Johnson. Would you watch? You would watch the Gus Johnson game during March Madness because you just knew if it was close, it was going to be worth watching just to hear him, you know, and there's Bill Raftery. I'm using college basketball as an example, but like Bill Raftery, like when he would call a game or do like his color commentary, you'd be like onions to the deck, little lingerie, Lucas. And you're like, yeah, like this adds something to my viewing experience. Whereas if you just have like general generic or otherwise like detracting people from the experience, like, 90% of the Fox broadcast team. Um, like, you're you're just like, yeah, of course I'd put the game on Ugh. and watch Netflix. Joe Buck. I, Joe I Buck don't mind Joe Buck. Mute forever. Joe no, Buck, yeah, I don't. Joe Buck is fine, but the, my thing is, like, Ugh, you're talking about Gus what? Johnson in... You're talking about Gus Johnson and Bill Raftery in inherently exciting games. Okay. Like, I think those so, games would be exciting without them. Would you prefer Sunday night football without Al Michaels? Just nothing. Just pure silence. Yeah, I absolutely would. I, I most of the time am watching sporting events on mute now. I, I want to piggyback this this concept of uh, of no commentary and in like a scroll. Yeah. scroll like a like a like something on the bottom was just giving you stats, right? We yeah. have scrolls. You, though, if you already. do that, if you do that, if you take out that play by play the play so you have two pieces of this you have that play by play and you have the color commentary you have mm-hmm. the play by play which is telling you what's going on you have that commentary why is what's happening happening right. if you're going to take out those two pieces you have to now make the game interactive you have to somehow make the viewer now be an active participant in the experience so i don't know if that's live gambling or or what that is but you have to now make the viewer want to participate in the event i think because uh, i think i i think if you take away the commentary aspect i think it's just a matter of time before people just stop watching the game altogether if you do uh, like football like think of all the dead time in between plays during football like and you just see like let's say you just see replays or you just see the visuals of like coaches on the sideline or quarterbacks like telling the crowd to be quiet like does that does that seem exciting to you like with just well, crowd noise that no but think about no, if you had live you, gambling like vote like gambling, what do you think the next play will be that or enter your wage now or just go straight to give everybody the red zone right if it's just the red zone channel and there is no space between plays and it's just one guy saying, hey, here we are in this game right now. We're inside the 20-yard line. The Chiefs have the ball. Here's the pass. Pass is incomplete. Going out to Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers has the ball in the 15-yard line. Here's the snap. Passes in. Touchdown, Green Bay. I'm okay. Here we are. I'm but you still have the commentary. You still have the commentary in that situation. No, no, no I, but, but I mean, we just uh, just have the guy say what game we're going to. So it's just Scott Hansen on just Red Scott Zone. Hansen, just Scott Hansen on Red Zone saying, here we are, going out to Green Bay. And then, you know, Does he Aaron Rodgers snaps like, the ball and throws a touchdown. 
does he still get to have his voice jump six octaves when there's simultaneous touchdowns? <laughs> I think he would have to. I think that okay. I think that then, yeah, I think I'm, I'll on, allow I'm on board. That. And you know, and and I I will need him to tell me when we're going to the octo box. Yeah, I was gonna say okay yeah, we're going. We're yeah. going to the side-by-side -side box right now. <laughs> There's eight games playing. What is that called? Google's it. Oh, Octobox. <laughs> I wow. I don't I don't know. I think I don't know. I think uh, I think football is is a very a specific one. sport in this one. Uh, right. First of all, I think the viewership, television viewership on baseball is coming down. As we know, that's a statistic. Television viewership on football is going down. Is it because of the action in the game? I don't I don't think that's what it is, honestly, because hockey is the most action packed game of the four of the four major sports. That's the one. And basketball and hockey are, are your number one and two in that. There's always action happening. Mm -hmm. It's all about I, I possession. Will, I do have to say, like, hockey and basketball require like commentary the most. Ooh. They do because you need to know who's out there. I Hockey is special. I disagree. I There's disagree. 25 100%. guys on a bench. There's 25 guys on a bench. I think in hockey, on but hockey if you think you about need it, to know in who's hockey, out there. Yeah, you just give me a thing popping up on the bottom of the screen. NYR, New York Rangers, and the five guys who are on the ice right now. And when they change, you know, you just have flash their names and flash the name of the guy who comes in. If they have the puck, do they get the star underneath them as they skate with their name on it, like in NHL '94, <laughs> with their number, their number yeah. in the star, the star you know filled what? in though. How when they're on defense, the star is not filled in. How did great Fox that be, did that? If you could do that, Fox with, pretty with much guys. did that back in the '90s. They tried. They put they that tried. halo around the puck, and then when they took a slap shot, it turned orange. That was that was a little <laughs> so, bit corny. But well, they had to do it because you couldn't see the puck before HDTV. <laughs> Yeah. Also, can hockey please switch to overhead view? Because oh my god, yes. I don't need thirty percent of the game cut off because the camera angle can't show me what's uh, on, under the boards. Like hockey, just go to an they overhead had view. Sky cam for hockey. I don't know how they don't. They have sky cam oh. in, it, in every other sport. That so, has to happen. Yeah, you're you're welcome, hockey. Um, but no, I think hockey they and have basketball that damn because. Blimp. Hockey yeah, that damn blimp that rides around between periods dropping subway coupons. How come they can't slap a camera on that thing? They have the giant TV thing above the ice. Just put a camera on the bottom of there. Yeah, exactly. No. Blimp. So blimp or nothing. Because hockey and basketball have such constant and consistent action, I would say they need announcers the least. Your point with when you say, you know, what are you going to do in between two plays in a football game? Absolutely, you're 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 right. We need someone talking, because we can't have 35 seconds of silence after every play. That will yeah. just highlight how complete nothingness there is in football. I mean, if you if you ever want to know what it would be like, like go watch like full game football highlights from like the 1960s Packers. <laughs> what? Well, why? Did they not? Did they not have announcers in the sixties? They did. Well, they would just have like like that one guy who would like just say, you know, star throws to McGee, touchdown, and like that was it. And then there was no like nothing other than that. Okay. And it was a hey, very dull viewing experience. If if you want to know what a game is like in the NFL without commentary, go to the freaking game. 
that is <laughs> that's true. exactly what the live game is. Well, I feel like, is, I don't know, every time I go to a, a football game, it doesn't feel like it lasts three and a half to four hours. Oh, God, yes, it does. I don't know. I, I, yeah, that Chargers-Bills game, that was a long one. That was, that that felt, was, I that was felt like I was at that game for three days. That was different. That's because Nathan Peterman threw an interception with every pass. Uh, the Bills the other day on their Instagram posted happy birthday, Nathan Peterman. They no. should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> Speaking of being ashamed of themselves. <laughs> he went to blow out the candles and the candles blew back. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of blowback, they hang out with us for just a few more minutes and uh, you'll learn a little something. You're listening to Shane's Life is a Fantasy Draft. Powered by Geeks on A couple of years ago, a young lady at ESPN, not even a couple of years ago, about a year ago, a young lady at ESPN, along with about a hundred other people, lost their jobs. John Gorman wants to tell you a story about one of them. Yeah. Um, Britt McHenry, uh, made some waves on the, on the Twitters, uh, in the past, uh, week or so, uh, g- claiming that she was demoted and then later let go, uh, from ESPN because she was white. Now, first of all, no, and just, I'm going to tell flat no, just a <laughs> flat no. And I'm going to tell you why. And I just, I, we're going to put our thinking caps on. I'm going to try and get through this as expeditiously as possible. You know how I like to ramble. Britt McHenry started as the daughter of an Air Force lieutenant colonel who was very conservative and also not, you know, not terribly bad off in a Philly suburb, in a nice one. She went to a uh, military-friendly private school, a little bougie private school. I got a couple friends who went there who work where I work, uh, called Stetson University while she was there. She was a four-year starter on the soccer team. And she worked as a model for an international modeling agency called Wilhelmina. I hope I got that correct. It's an international Stetson. agency. They're big time. She did a lot I'm of shoes. I'm going to say, Stetson, no way you Stetson got like that the accurately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she did that. And with her, she graduated magna cum laude and pi- um, parlayed that into a... Uh, acceptance at Northwestern University's prestigious J School. That's journalism school, um, which churns out talent on the regs. It's, you know, Missouri, Northwestern, Syracuse. Super prestigious, super tough to get into. While she was there, she interned uh, in the political division at Fox News. From there, she immediately got a job at ABC7 in Washington, D.C., and then three years later went to ESPN. Now, while she was ESPN, at ESPN, she was a rising star. She did a lot of sideline reporting for college and later the NFL and did a lot of hits on D.C. local stuff. Um, but she was also fairly problematic. She uh, had a very famous viral video clip where she berated a tow lot employee who had her car. And she sounded, frankly, like a diva. I think that's putting it diplomatically. Uh, in 2017... She was both demoted and then let go from ESPN 
uh, in the epic 100-person layoff that Daniel alluded to earlier. Now, why was she laid off? Well, <laughs> because journalism is a loss leader. It doesn't turn a great profit. Cable networks are struggling because of cord cutting. Uh, web is now cheaper. Print is obviously dead because of the same reason. So journalism is not profitable. It's struggling. People are losing their jobs all over the place. Um, and it's struggling, particularly in broadcast, because advertising is easier than ever to avoid. Uh, people don't want to pay for it except for top-tier events. And um, you know, both advertising and journalism are cheaper to produce than ever before. So when she first got laid off, she claimed that it was because of her conservative politics. Uh, she used to be fairly openly conservative on her Twitter feed. ESPN told her, hey, you might want to cool it. And so she did. She butt-toed the company line. Um, now, why do I bring all that up? Well, was she demoted because she was white? Well, the answer to that, I'm going to say, she, had she not been white, probably wouldn't have been in the position that she was. Here's why. Uh, the APSE, which is a journalism watchdog from the Associated Press, covers a lot of uh, gender and race hiring statistics, and every two years they release a study saying basically how ethnically and gender diverse are your sports newsrooms. I have some stats. The industry for diversity of hiring got a D-plus overall. It was the lowest of all branches of journalism, all of journalism got pretty bad grades. They got the worst. 90% of the editors are men, 70% of the assistant editors, 83% of the columnists, 89% of the reporters. But those statistics, they're a little skewed. Why? Because ESPN did way better. Of the 70 people of color who are assistant sports editors, 51 of them work for ESPN. Of the 11 women of color who are employed in the industry, all of them work at ESPN. Of wait, the 41, isn't that right? Wait, wait, wait. That's, that's horrendous. You mean to tell me across sports journalism, across sports journalism? Correct. At the national and local level. All, there are no black women except for the ones who work for ESPN? Of the, I should specify, of the 74 participating entities in the study. So Does this include, like, Fox and, the, and NBC? It's whoever employs associated press credentialed people, so this does not include Fox. Okay. Um, of the 41 men of color who are columnists at large newspapers and websites, 32 work for ESPN. So ESPN has... Now, granted, they have resource advantages and they're a destination and prestige brand so they can afford to hire the pre cream of the crop. But that cream of the crop generally is white and male. ESPN does go out of their way to employ women and people of color in the ranks. Also, you should say, uh, we should specify here, they did go out of their way, right? Uh, John Skipper recently left ESPN. Correct. Uh, we don't and know we don't... the direction of the new head of ESPN. Uh, cool. John Skipper made it a point. He made it public, and he made it a point to go out of his way to hire the kind of people that you don't normally see in journalism. Absolutely. And, and to sort of extrapolate that to, like, other new national media, 
the Athletic, which is a upstart web, you know, broadcast and and you know, p- whatever the web equivalent of print is. They are spending so much money on advertising. Cause I swear to God, they are on my Facebook timeline every day. Oh my God, They're, it's crazy! Like they've made a huge splash. They've got a lot of VCs. They had a chance to get diversity hiring right from the jump by being able to break convention. They didn't do that. 75% of their reporters and columnists and content creators are white males. So why do we bring this up? Well, because minorities only make up, minorities make up 21.4% of the graduates with degrees in journalism or communications between 2004 and 2014. But less than half of them found found full-time work while two-thirds of the white graduates did. And here's why. Journalism is a prestige industry. People want to go into it. It is something that people see on TV, they read in papers, they see on the web, and they think, hey, I want to do that, I could do that. The trouble is that journalism as an industry values the types of internships and experiences that minorities don't necessarily have the opportunity to get. They're less likely to attend the schools that have campus newspapers, and they're less likely to join them. They may not have the financial support that enables you know, their white counterparts to spend weeks, months, or years working unpaid internships. They may not also have access to the same types of networks that their white peers do. And so that could lead to referrals and informal job support. Now, I've cribbed a lot of that from a study done that was commissioned by The Atlantic back in 2015, but those same truths still apply. So what I'm saying is, Brit McHenry was not let go because she was white, okay? It's not within industry's norms ever to fire people for their race, particularly if they are white. I mean, it's uh, clearly it's an it's a um, what it's a diversity crime to hire people or fire people who are not white for their race, but it's also a crime to fire white people for their race. So it's highly unlikely that she was let go because she was white. It's more likely that she was let go because she was problematic on social media, problematic to work with, sensitive and problematic and backwards as a human being, and it was all those things that combined into a head to that single moment, which was that tweet. Her conservative politics probably have poisoned her into thinking, gosh, it was because I was white that I was let go. So, and In addition to ahead. that, I mean, you know, I, not just w- was it all of those things that you mentioned, it was also ESPN had to cut hundreds of people. Yes, because they were losing, because they were hemorrhaging money there. They Including the, Trent uh, Dilfer. So. Yes, and John Brinkus. There you go, everybody. John Brinkus now works for the NFL Network, doing the same stuff he did at ESPN. Miss him greatly. Now, it's also possible that Britt McHenry saw this new place that she finds herself, which is a contributor on conservative media outlets, including Fox News and The Federalist, because she of her upbringing and because she saw this as an outlet. After she released her first tweet a long time ago, that it was her conservative politics that got her fired, she became unleashed. 
and she decided, well, I'm just going to speak my mind because she really enjoyed the attention she was getting, and she was quoted as saying so in the Washington Post. So it's probably likely that she saw this as an end, a more natural end, considering her Fox News internship, and as we know from people like Tommy Laren, Kaylee McGaney, Catherine Timth, Katie Kiefer, Katie Pavlich, Kristen Tate, and any white blonde girl named some version of a name that starts with K, that there's a lane for her, and she's found it. And she'll be there to assuage the egos and stroke the fantasies of little ignorant white dudes who love to watch sports and make America great again from their couches. That's so, what I got. I, I like that. And, you know, uh, the lack of diversity in journalism in general, in sports journalism in particular, is distressing. And when you see, when you... One of the problems with America is you want... You, you have certain expectations with what you see. So you see... Uh, when you watch TV and all you see is white people and white people are good and, you know, whatever... You know, what I, I'm sure... Like, there's no... I, I'm sure Britt McHenry is just fine at her job, as are many of the other white people who lost their jobs, as are many of the white people who are, you know dominating journalism, right? They're probably just fine at their jobs. Right. Um, but you start to expect white people to be good at this because you keep seeing white people being good at it. And, right. you know, you, you see people who look and sound different from you, and different is almost always a little bit grating, especially at first. You don't expect for different to be just as good as whatever it was that you're used to. Because you're used to it. You know, that's why people still go to Applebee's, because they're used to it. So, the lack of... You know what's of, interesting about yeah. Applebee's? I saw a commercial yesterday for Applebee's, and I turned to Hannah, and I said, can you believe Applebee's is still around? Dude, I people go to these places because they're used to it, and, and they know what they're going to get. They never have to be surprised. And that that demographic... The same demographic that goes to Applebee's are the same types of people who listen to local sports talk radio that call mm -hmm. themselves Voice of the Fan. Mm -hmm. And when you hear Voice of the Fan, that sort of dog whistly as Voice of the White Fan, Absolutely. particularly if you're a guy. Absolutely. Um, but can I... I don't want to take the other side on this because I don't believe the other side on this, but... Did Britt McHenry get fired because she was white? Almost probably not. Almost for sure not. But would she have gotten fired if she was black? Well, that begs the question. Did black people get fired in the round of layoffs? I do. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. But I don't I, like, what, what percentage? Well, I would of... hope you have those numbers, John Gorman. After doing this entire thing, I hope you would have those numbers. I don't have a master list of everyone who got fired. Jason um, Whitlock did, but that was for very different reasons. I mean, he was in that round, but... Yeah, I don't have uh, an immediate list of people who got fired. Oh, what? Jay Crawford. Jay Hold Crawford, on. Jason Stark. Andy Katz, Len Elmore... I, 
All right, I've got to. I've like, got. He, I've got here's the thing. Here. Like my my point is this. My point is. But yeah. my point in bringing that up is this. Yes. If ESPN said, "Look, we're hemorrhaging money. We got to lay off a hundred people," and ninety five of those people were black, that would be a problem. That would be a huge problem. <laughs> right? You can't just uh, say, "Look, we got to cut salary," and these are these just happen to be the hundred people that we picked. Yeah. So okay. So Jamie Sire, African American woman, got yeah. fired. Same round of layoffs. Um, Doug Glanville, uh, former African American baseball player. Glenn Elmore, fired. Robin Lundberg, Calvin Watkins. Yeah. Like it looks. It, it looks happened to be evenly distributed. Right. Exactly. So it's not like they were. It's not like they did a white cleanse at right. ESPN. And, right. Like that's the the way that Brick McHen- Britt McHenry's tweet sounded. It sounded like they got rid of 150 white people, and just made sure to keep all the you know black people. But that's not yeah. what they did. At no, all. not they, at all. They probably just cut, you know, the 120 or 150 top salaries that were yeah, not. They, uh, they John cut Gruden. people. They cut a lot of people who had been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. OK. Um, Decades. But they also they they also cut people who couldn't be multi-platform, though mm. she very easily could have if she wanted to be. But they didn't they cut a lot of people who were one lane only print people broadcast people radio people you know a lot of the people that you see now on ESPN are multi-platform they they write they they do video hits they host things they do web stuff they have a social media presence you know like multi-dimensional people are the wave of the future all of this but the, the question is can they host edit produce and cut album or the artwork for each episode of the of said <laughs> podcast. No, they cannot. Greg, no, well, there's, only, there's only one person I know who can do that. Well, Greg, you should be. You would be a Renaissance person at ESPN. I think I've found your future employer. So I, you know, truth be told, I applied for a job at ESPN just the other day. Very <laughs> nice. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I have not heard back from them. What a surprise! Nor do I plan on hearing back from them. Should ESPN get Mainly out of the news game? Because I am grossly underqualified for the position that I applied for. But should ESPN get out of the news game? Like, yeah, like get out are of we journalism. Including, are we including things like pardon the interruption and like no, they should greatest be, show I, on television. Right, that's that's the thing. Like, they should just be doing pardon the interruption, Stephen A. Smith yelling at people, and airing live sporting events. Like, don't even bother with... Those are my two favorite things on ESPN, are part of the interruption and Stephen A. yelling at people. So what do you... Where do you... Like, ESPN the magazine? Are you saying they cut yeah, that? Yeah, get rid of get rid of print, get rid of, you know, do anything Do they keep on, Sports Center? Uh, you need a highlights show, probably, but get rid of outside the lines. Get rid of anything that's, like, real journalism. I, You know what I do think, though... I think I think yes I, I do think it's time to do away with Sports Center. I think it's time to reimagine that. It's re-brand been reimagined it. though. It hasn't though. It's still Sports Center. Scott Van Pelt Sports Center is like nothing like the '90s Sports. No, Center. but that's right. That's, but Sports Center SC six is still Sports Center at six o'clock. It hasn't changed. If you go, I, I, I challenge you to go back and watch a 1995 Sports <laughs> Center and say it's even remotely the same show. That no, it it's is not. Right it's now. not the same show anymore. But that's. But honestly, that's like saying, uh, you know, like, oh, you could go watch the Today Show and see that it hasn't changed in 20 years, and that's I, crazy because, of course, the Today Show has changed in 
in 20 years. I really feel like it hasn't changed in 20 years. No, it's they have people getting drunk in the 9 o'clock hour now. <laughs> yeah. They used to not have a 9 o'clock hour. Yeah, they, well, one, they used to not have a 9 o'clock hour, and two, people were not getting drunk on the show. So Also, <laughs> I, The View. Go watch The View. Watch a view from 20 years ago and then watch a view that just aired last week. It's incredibly different. It's time to rebrand, like new name, new everything. Like come, like yeah. build that thing from the ground up again. Don't just ride the coattails of something because the name means something. I mean, if 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 they're gonna get out of the sports game, they're gonna have to rebrand everything. And my, my issue, my issue with ESPN is ESPN, the network, the sports production network, mm-hmm. is paying a lot of money to the NBA and is paying a lot of money to the NFL for the rights to air their live broadcast, how can you say that you are objectively reporting on these leagues when you're not? You're a partner with these leagues. That's uh, that's also true, but here's the thing. If if ESPN doesn't have live sports, ESPN dies. Right, but that's the thing. Just do the live sports. Don't lie to me and tell me that you are objectively reporting on these leagues. Like, don't even bother with the the live. Like, just show me highlights, tell me how great Roger Goodell is, and forget about all of the investigative anything. I don't need it. I don't need any of that from ESPN. I'd like to get it somewhere else where I can actually trust it. Well, and they usually, if you if you look at it, a lot of the investigative stuff into sports doesn't come from ESPN. It comes from places like Yahoo, or it comes from places like SB Nation, or it comes from the Washington Post or the New York Times. ESPN will then report on that investigative reporting, but very rarely does ESPN itself break crazy news about, you know, scandalous stuff or really Hmm. negative things. Okay. So I think what we've learned here is John Gorman is very much (laughs) pro-ESPN. If we've learned nothing more, John Gorman absolutely loves ESPN. And and you know, it's funny because I do not watch ESPN. I very rarely watch ESPN unless there's a game on. Yeah. Like, I don't watch a lot of SportsCenter. I don't want to watch a lot of their original reporting. I don't even go to ESPN.com. Really? Yeah. I, I, like, mean, I visit ESPN.com. I love Pardon the Interruption, and I do partake in First Take from time to time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't do a lot of that. I don't, I don't for whatever reason, myself, like, yeah. like ESPN, like, I used to read Grantland, and now I read The Ringer. Um, you know, I get most of my sports news, honestly, just from, from, from Twitter, you know, scrolling Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, I go to Google, I, I go to Google news. I think that's the new, the new wave is just going to be getting our sports news straight from the players. Right. right. And I think that's really why they cut all those big names. Yeah. They cut people who would otherwise be doing the job that either athletes themselves would do. Yeah, they're cutting the people that are retweeting the things the athletes are saying. I mean, if you really read an article, a current events article, it's loaded with tweets. Mm -hmm. Right. That's all it is. It's like, oh, this is what this person had to say. Oh, and then look, this person chimed in with this. I could go to the Twitter feed and read that myself. I don't need you to report on Twitter. It takes the place of like when they used to call sources. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Back in the dark ages of journalism. Now it's just, oh, where did you get that from? Well, I saw it on Twitter. That's a reputable the source. Athlete let's, posted, let's print that. The athlete announced on Instagram that they have retired. Yeah. It must be real. 
must be true. And it must be. It, can, it did come directly from the athlete, in which case that's great. And it's great that an athlete has a voice to the people as direct as that. And they don't have to go through a spokesperson. They don't have to go through anybody like that. But at the same time, if you're going to report on, on journalism, you're going to be a true journalist. You're going to do news. Give me something other than what I've already read. Don't right. just put everything I read into a neat little package and give it to here, Greg, uh, these are the eight tweets you read earlier today. It's like, oh, and that's really don't I, waste my time. I really feel that that's dire- the direction ESPN's going in. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's the direction, that's the direction that that journalism is going in. Correct. Uh, yeah, it, it's absolutely. not uncommon to, to just pull up any article and start reading the tweets. It's like I'll just go to the people then and get the news. Like I, uh, what what it's essentially has happened is is ESPN has become the impartial um, filter. So it's like, this is what this person A said. This is what person B said. Here, mm. we're going to show it to you in their tweets. And it's, I, I don't need that. I don't want a he said, she said. Through tweets, get a, you know, getting amalgam it of, yeah, of 140 characters at a time. I, I don't need, th- that's not exciting to me. That's not something I want to read. And I think, th- I think they realize that. And I think that's why they were moving away from that general direction. And why Britt McHenry later deleted those tweets saying that she got fired because she's white. <laughs> exactly. Someone pointed out that is forever, you know, kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and try to delete your tweets. I think deleting your tweets probably brings more attention to them, but go ahead and give it a try anyway. No, it those doesn't. Babies, those babies are cached somewhere on the web anyways. Always. Yeah. Even if someone didn't get a screenshot of it, Twitter don't let go. The shelf life of a tweet is two minutes. And if you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, you bet that within those two minutes, 25 people at least have screen capped it. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I think that's a, uh, that's a solid note to get out of here. Yeah. Tweets are like diamonds. They're forever. <laughs> that's, that's heavy wisdom and the kind of analysis you get only here. Shane's life is a fantasy draft. John Gorman, where can the good people find you this week? Uh, you can find me at uh, johngorman.co. Got some new content up there. Also on Instagram. Hit tell me, me up about, at HeyGorm. Yeah, go ahead. Tell, well, I was just going to say, tell me about something uh, new I would have seen on johngorman.co this week. johngorman.co, we posted a, um, a piece called The Art of Attraction, which talks about um, how men should behave in the Me Too era. Uh, it was it was actually retweeted by several ESPN employees. Uh, well, I hope it's as simple as just saying like decent human beings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like that's, there, I wrote I wrote your article. For you did. You, John that's John. actually the thesis of the column. You, it's you know. uh, <laughs> it says it's a nine minute read on Medium. Uh, it yeah. sounds a lot like uh, Greg summarized it in uh, three tweets. <laughs> So in that case, <laughs> let's say that's too long for you or too obvious for you. You can just find me on Instagram at Hey Gorman. Hey Gorman. And uh, you can find me over at uh, over on Twitter at, uh, at Don't Take My Name. I tweeted a few times this week. I didn't add anything uh, great. I did retweet a wonderful statistic. Did you delete statistic. any of your tweets? I didn't delete any tweets. I don't delete tweets. I stand, I stand by everything I tweet. Very nice. I've tweeted a great statistic. In the history of the New York Knicks, they have never won a championship with a coach whose name does not have a Z in it. Ooh! <laughs> and now the Knicks are, of course, coached by David Fisdale. That's a Z. 
aka a la QED Championship. QED. Take that for data. Take that for data. Greg Dennis, where can the good people find you this week? They can find me at johngorman.co. <laughs> <laughs> the dot co. I didn't, I didn't realize uh, johngorman.co was hiring staff writers. We're the only media outlet that is. Uh, just for the record, I could definitely pen together a nice article to put up on johngorman.co, but then again, it wouldn't be johngorman.co, would it? And johngorman and gregdennis.co just doesn't roll off the too tongue. Long. It's too long. It's too long. I would long. never type that into my, into my web browser. That's too specific. We don't got that. Luckily, issue, after though. you filled, stopped at John Gorman A-N, it would probably autofill dgregdennis.co. Find me at Shane's Pod on Instagram. Follow, yeah, follow Shane's Pod on Instagram. That's the most. And I'm, I'm going to be on. on a, I'm also going to be on a, a, a fellow Geeks Unlimited uh, talk show podcast, if you will, this week, Talking Flicks, where I will be talking flicks. Now is that like a uh, a paper football podcast? Flicks. No, it's it's like a, it's like a talking <laughs> flicks kind of podcast, Daniel. Oh, okay. I liked the joke, Daniel. Thank nice. you. Thanks, everybody. I, 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 yeah, talking flicks. I gotcha. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Booger, I didn't have it's to a booger explain. podcast, actually. I'll have you know. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, speaking of boogers, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, Shouts out to Jacksonville as always. One day we'll shout out to that city. Shout out to Manitoba. Yeah, shout out to Flin Flan. I see you, Flin Flan. I'm going to Flin Flan. I'm going. That's it. Let's, let's film. Let's film a uh, podcast my, live on the My my bags are packed. The next gathering of the Buffaloes will take place in Flin Flan, Manitoba. Oh, thanks everybody for listening. We got to close on Saskatchewan. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening. We'll see y'all next week. Later. Saskatchewan two one two. Miami got a mind out of sight, tracing her face in the pale moonlight. Fresh burnt fireflies, they don't lie. No, they won't lie. I can play blackjack blind by the lightning in my mind. Turn away the ocean tide. But I just can't figure out what rise they suddenly shout. Oh, can't turn a tears to wine. Oh, I. Get turn the tears to wine. Kick start a very tale about a veil on the sandy beach. Waves crash, sand absorbs the ash, baby, but the smoke's still out of reach. Enough to dive down through the heavens and in the cloud nine 
Oh, it's where it's at. That's where I belong with my blonde bombshell and my troubles long gone. In my hand, I got a mind out of sight, tracing her face in the pale moonlight. Fresh burnt fireflies, baby, don't lie. No, they won't lie here. I can play blackjack blind, bottle lightning in my mind. Turn away the ocean tide, but I just can't figure out what eyes they silently shout. Oh, get turned to wine. Oh, yeah, can't turn. My hammer got a mind out of sight, tracing her face in the pale moonlight. Fresh burnt firefly, baby, don't lie. No, they won't lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can play blackjack. Turn a tears to wine. Yeah.